Hello, you beautiful people, and welcome to the Being Sapien podcast. This is a podcast where we're going to be delving into people's brains and understanding how to really better mindset, performance, and personal growth. Each podcast will be an interview with a specific guest in their field, um, whether that be in the health and fitness industry or whether that be in the finance industry. It could be absolutely anything. But welcome today to the first ever Being Sapien podcast. Today's guest is Mr. Tom Bliss, who we will delve into all things rugby, all things fitness and CrossFit, and all things sort of adversity and and struggles and overcoming hardship. Um, But without further ado, let's get on to the first episode of Being Sapien. Hello, hello, and welcome to the first Being Sapien podcast. For those that are sort of a, a bit, uh, un, 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 I suppose, not really understanding what the name is, Being Sapien is a Latin term for being wise. So it's all essentially about today, about becoming wiser, learning a bit from either myself or the guest that I have on, on, on today's podcast, which is the man, the, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Tom Bliss. Um, and we're going to be discussing all things mindset, performance, and personal growth. So I hope everyone can sort of take their two cents away from, from this podcast and from this chat and open discussion and apply it to their own life in whatever way they can. But essentially, it's a chat with a guest like Tom, but it could be absolutely anyone in their field or their professional field. Um, today's one is, is with a man himself, Mr. Tom Bliss. Over to you, my man. Thank you very much for having me on board. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this, uh, this discussion and uh, to chew the fat a little bit. Amazing, amazing. So just to give uh, the people listening a little bit of uh, an understanding about who you are um, and what you do and where you sort of, of, of come from, um, yeah, over to you and introduce yourself. Um, gee, let me start way back. So um, quite a cool backstory. I was born in New York. Uh, my dad, uh, my mum and dad lived out there. So I was, uh, I was born in New York uh, from, from, from the very beginning, which was uh, pretty cool. So I, I, I do have two passports, um, which, is, uh, which is handy. Um, and then uh, moved obviously to the, to the UK and lived, lived all my life here. Um, I guess uh, I grew up in Surrey, went to Epsom College and then on to Loughborough University, which is where I, uh, I, I graduated, uh, scraped a 2-1 in business management whilst playing a lot of rugby. And uh, at, the, at the culmination of that degree, I, I, I got offered a professional rugby contract with London Wasps. Um, so that was very much my, 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 my vocation, my focus. I'd always... I'd, I, I, I guess I'd, I'd always absolutely loved rugby since, since you know, my dad took me to, to, to my very first rugby club. But it wasn't until I was kind of at the end of my university career that I started believing that this could potentially be a, a, a path for me. Um, so when I was offered a, an academy contract, I, I, I jumped to the chance. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a pretty cool experience um, jumping in the preseason training. I was obviously in the academy and then uh, got the call up to the first team within a couple of weeks. So I was, I was training with the likes of James Haskell and, and Andy Goode. And uh, yeah, it was all a bit surreal to start with, but um, yeah, a good, a good experience. Amazing. And would you say uh, being the likes of a, a, a college like Loughborough and, and, uh, and a university that's so focused on sport and developing professionals in their sort of field, do you think that kind of like sculpted that uh, the start of that career a little bit? 
hundred percent. I mean, I would, uh, the, the life experiences I gained, uh, over my, my three years of love for a far away, the university degree that I, I, I obviously gained, I, I haven't put that into practice just yet, but uh, no, it's the friendships and, and, uh, the relationships I developed, um, kind of made me into the person I am today, obviously made a, made a few mistakes and, and had a few kind of, you know, experiences there and, and doing some, some things wrong, but it's, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a period in your life where, where, where you think you're mature, but you still have a lot of growing up to do. And, and then obviously, um, you know, at, at the end of that, you go into the real world, so to speak, and then you have to kind of, you know, land, land on your own two feet again. But, uh, um, yeah, it was it was an incredible experience. Um, as I said, I, I, I scraped a, a two-one in business management um, whilst whilst playing a lot of rugby and and, nice. and kind of enjoying myself. So um, yeah, it was brilliant. So you managed to, to pass with a degree whilst not really focusing on the degree because you focus more on rugby. That was sort of your, yeah. your main your main. If 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 there focus. was a toss up toss up between a gym session or a lecture, you know you know which one always <laughs> always won. But uh, no, I, I I did I did the work. I. I was, um, you know, studying and, 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 and exams have never come easy to me. I've always had to be that, that, that studious one. But I had to put in the hours, you know, whether that be in the library or, or in my dormitory or in my house and uh, doing the revisions. So I, I couldn't just, uh, um, you know, learn it overnight and, and, and roll up to the exams. I, ha I had to always put, put, in, put in the work. So, um, yeah, I did, I did have sure. a good, good, good work ethic from, from, from that age. Nice. And then having gone through your experience in, in university in Loughborough, where did that sort of take you? As soon as you sort of left Loughborough, what was then your journey from, from there onwards? Was it sort of rugby the main focus? Yeah, so I was, um, I mean, I was, a, I was technically a professional rugby player on, on, a, on, on a very minimal wage. I was uh, on an academy contract, uh, you know, barely, barely kind of scraping by. Um, and then obviously thrust into this, this first team environment with, 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 you know, guys, uh, you know, with, with 10, 15 years, years on me with uh, considerable amounts more uh, cash in the bank. But uh, no, it was, it was, it was a cool experience. And, um, you know, I, I played professional rugby for a couple of years until I, uh, I had a, a, a serious injury, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a second. Mm. Um, but uh, that was, that was my main focus. And I, uh, I obviously moved from Loughborough, moved, moved into a flat in Richmond. Um, I travelled to Acton every day, which is where Wasps um, training ground was based, and um, yeah, that was that was my sole focus: becoming becoming and um, you know developing as a professional rugby player. So you're at a young age. I'm assuming what you you leave university at what 21, 22, 20, you know, there about 20, 21. Yeah, I was young. 21. Year, yeah. So you go straight from university, being a young 21 year old, into this sort of professional sports environment where you, as you say, you're surrounded by people that are probably far more experienced than you. As you said, probably far more, far more cash in the bank because they've been doing it for for a lot longer. Um, how how was the did, did some of those actors like uh, people you looked up to were they sort of like a, a potential motivation for you to try and get to their level? Was that sort of like the main the main thing for you coming out and, and going into that 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 team? Oh, absolutely, mate. I was um, you know I was froth frothing at the bits and and and, and raring to go. I mean. It, confidence is a funny thing. I, I've I've always I think I've innately been quite shy as a person, um, but I've always I've always been quite uh, quite quite friendly and quite approachable. And putting myself into new scenarios, I've I've always got it. I've always understood the dynamic of the situation, whether that being going to Loughborough and being with the older boys or going into a new team. 
I've seen a lot of academy boys try and, and, and embed themselves into a, an environment with those older and failing miserably. They just get it wrong. And, you know, I, I can't really pinpoint what I did right, but I, I, always, I always have got it right. And the older boys, you know, saw my work ethic. They saw I was a pretty humble, down-to-earth guy. I just, I just worked the hardest. And uh, and obviously had had a good time off the pitch as well, and 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 kind of they 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 they, they soon found out you know that I wasn't just a, a young academy run, and they they started considering me a, a friend and a good player, and uh, and that's kind of how I um, I I got into those circles. But um, yeah, I've always been I've always yeah I think I've always been a, a little bit shy, but um, you know the, the confidence grows as uh, as you get a bit older. Yeah, of course. And I suppose if they, if your peers that are around you are a little bit more experienced and are seeing this younger person coming into their, their sports team, essentially, because they've mm-hmm. been there for years, it's how it's, it's like a first impression, right? How, exactly. what is your first impression you've given to them? Have they seen that you're this someone that can come in and mold into their team? And what do you also bring to the table that they see as a positive rather than someone rather than a negative, right? Hundred percent, and I think it's you know it's not just in sports teams. It could be you know your 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 work team at uh, in your job. You've got to be. I think you've got to be studious, and you've got to be seen to be putting putting in the work. And I think that's the the, the quickest and easiest way to to gain the respect of your peers. If they see that you're you're putting in the work, you know, in practice, but also you know when when no one's looking behind closed doors. And um, you know, I was I was lucky with a few injuries above me, and all of a sudden I was catapulted onto the bench of the first team. And um, you know, I, I took my I took my chances, um, which was uh, which again, and, and the respect to my peers. But uh, yeah, it's all about all about having a hard work ethic. Yeah, and I kind of I saw, I mean I didn't play football to nowhere near a, a, a professional standard, <laughs> but I kind of saw that in football, as you said, you you there are injuries that are in the first team, and you're catapulted into that into that first mm-hmm. team. It's then up to you to then go. Okay, this is now my chance. If I'm going to make it as a professional sportsman. Mm-hmm having an opportunity like this is something I've got to hold on to with both hands and go for it. And that'll kind of show not only your maturity, but your professionalism and I suppose your expertise in that field, right? Because you just got to go for it in that, in that, in that environment. Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't plain sailing and I I did, you know, reach out to the, um, the team psychologist because the, the, the nature of my position, it's I, you know, as a number nine, I don't, don't know how much you know about um, obviously the, the, the game of rugby, but I, I, loads, linked... listen, <laughs> I, I am, I am, I am the, the, the quarterback, so to speak, alongside the 10, I, I'm the link between the forwards and the backs and, 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 you know, being such a young lad and trying to command these forwards as well as, you know, passing to, to, to some pretty well-known players it was I found it tough and um, you know the, the nerves did get better in me at times and and uh, you know I just had to remind myself that I was there for a reason and, and, and try to relax into it um, but I guess you know a bit of imposter syndrome crept, crept in and, uh, and you, you kind of question your worth and whether whether you're as good as these guys um, but um, no I, I felt like I, I, I think I played seven times for the first team in my first year and I, nice. I felt like I, I gave a good account to myself every single time so um, yeah I can be pleasing my efforts good good nice stuff so if we kind of relate back um your sort of rugby career to the sort of main main focus of of this this chat and this podcast about personal growth and about mindset and i'm right in, in thinking and, and saying that you had a concussion in your in your career a fair few times um to the point where it was like okay i have to to cut my career short how what what what, what was that feeling like at the time 
um, making that decision? How did you overcome that decision? And what sort of uh, what sort of mindset did you put yourself into trying to say, okay, like this is maybe another door closed, but now I've got to find another door to open. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, to, for just to just to state, I, I only had two two concussions. One was serious, and one was close after. So that was enough to uh, to kind of uh, you know put me out for a year. Um, so the first concussion, I was knocked out cold for two minutes on the pitch uh, when I was playing in, in the States. And that's the first ever experience of a concussion I, I, I had ever, ever had. And, you know, I, I didn't have anything to relate it to. So, you know, I'm, I'm out cold on the pitch and you come back into consciousness and I'm up in the changing room. My family had flown over to watch me. Uh, I'd lasted seven minutes into the game. And I was just, uh, I was just Guga Dulali, and my brother does a, a quite a funny impression uh, of me <laughs> of <course he> <laughs> as, I was, as I was sat there in the change room. But uh, no, on a, on, a, on a serious note, when I when I had the second concussion, and um, the doctor said, um, you know, look, you've got to take a year out. You can't play any contact sport. I, I remember calling my dad. He said, oh, you'll be back soon, and he expected me to say, uh, you know, a month or two months. I said, no, dad, I, you know, I'm out for a year. And he was like, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> that's 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 pretty serious. But I can't remember ever feeling sorry for myself. Um, I can't remember ever crying or, or, or getting too down. Very fortunately, I've, I've always loved the training aspect of uh, being a professional rugby player to, to the extent that I potentially almost enjoyed the gym sessions more and the training the fitness more than more than the, the actual playing at times. Mm. So when, when this happened and I had an opportunity to um, I hadn't even thought about becoming a personal trainer or entering the fitness industry. And I remember I'd, I'd just come back from the States. I was jet lagged to hell. I was up until 6am in the morning for three weeks straight and getting to bed at like eight, nine in the, in the morning. And I was just on, online. I was, I, I applied to all the Virgin Actives. I applied to, to, to gym box, all these gyms. Um, and um, obviously I, I needed a PT qualification first. And then I obviously um, went, went, went and uh, applied to, to train fitness. And I, I think I, I, I texted my mom and said, look, look I'm, I'm going to become a personal trainer. And she said, amazing. Um, all the, all the best for that. And um, that kind of, um, kind of, you know, put me on a, a completely different path, um, mm. but one which I'm, I'm very thankful for. And, um, you know, I've, I've always said things happen for a reason. And yeah, exactly. um, I, I, a bit of me does wonder what, 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 what my life would be like or where I'd be now if I was still playing rugby. Um, I don't know whether I would have made it, made it. There are a lot of boys who are kind of on the cusp and they, they have this professional dream, but they're, they're not really, uh, you know, getting the, the, the rewards of, of the, the elite rugby players. They're, they're still playing yeah. week in, week out for, for little to no, to no uh, salary and, you know, still going through the same physical demands. So I, I never wanted to be that player. Um, but um, no, I'm incredibly grateful for the position I'm, I'm sat in today. Um, obviously five years down the line. Yeah. Well, a lot can happen in five years, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I suppose an injury like that being quite serious is not necessarily something you can bounce back from. So when it comes to relating this to how people can sort of grow from injuries or grow from a setback like yourself, um, how would you sort of apply it? It's, it's very easy just to sit back and go, do you know what, like, I've had this injury. Uh, I'm never going to do this ever again, sort of thing. But there's also on the flip side, if it wasn't as a serious injury, like a concussion, let's say you did, mm. I don't know, a, a ligament or a tendon, or you you, you broke an ankle, mm. what would be your sort of approach and your sort of mindset to try and think? Okay, I I know I'm injured now. 
I'm going to have three to six months out, but I know I'm going to return back a better sportsman, a stronger sportsman, etc. My mindset has always been you'll, you'll bounce back stronger than ever. And, you know, prior to my concussions, I had ankle injuries, you know, high ankle sprains. I had broken collarbones. And my mindset was always, don't worry, you'll come back stronger. You'll come back fitter. You'll come back better. Mm. So I don't know whether that is innate or, or whether that was from external influences, um, you know, family, friends, other other colleagues and, and kind of players. Um, but I've always had this mindset of, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bounce back stronger, um, which has always, you know, stood me in good stead with, I've always applied myself 110% to the rehab protocols and, and, and I have always, always bounced back stronger. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of the, the, the main mindset I've, I've always had dealing with uh, kind of adversities in terms of an injury, injury scenario. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, and I can kind of relate myself of when I, I snapped my ACL. And, you know, that was the first, that is touch wood, the only and first injury that I've had to date. Um, and like, a, a, like a, a serious one. And I remember at the time I was thinking, you know, I, I've never been in this position where I've actually had to take a step back and like mm. slow down. And I can't train for the first time in 21 years. Mm. Um, and it, it's a feeling that at the time you can't, you can't really get your head around, but I always had that thing in the back of my mind. Okay. I know that if I apply myself to my rehab and I apply myself to training that I always have, have done previously, I'm going to mm. get back to a position where I have done or like you said, stronger because you've gone through adversity, you've gone through hardship and you know that you can, you have the ability to overcome that. Absolutely. And often it's, it's a case of, you know, there's, there's a big glaring obvious what, what I can't now do, but there's also opportunity to discover what you can potentially do. Case yeah. in point, I think it was two years ago and I, I had a bit of a back issue and I didn't Olympic lift, which is kind of my, my pride and joy for three months. Uh, and rather feeling sorry for myself, I did a gymnastic program for three months and I learned how to muscle up, handstand walk and, you know, do all these kind of handstand push-ups. Yeah, so the silver amazing. lining of that, that situation was my, my gymnastics, you know, I, I managed to gain all these skills. Um, so yeah. yeah, you can, you can never, um, you know, there, there's always opportunity um, whenever, yeah, whenever exactly. you face adversity. I am. Yeah. I'm very much of a, a similar mindset when it comes to that, you know, if there's, if you're, if you're in a position, I mean, we're going to get onto this for sure and understanding how, how lockdowns affected you since day one. Um, but we're probably all going to be in positions throughout our life where we have to adapt and overcome. Mm. And mm. there's going to be a time where you can't just sit there and feel sorry for yourself. There will always be something you can do about that situation in that time. You know, it might not be yep. the most, it might not be an ideal situation, but there is something you can do. So learning to like get into that mindset and into that sort of like headspace where, okay, no matter what, I'm going to find a way to navigate this and overcome this in whatever way I can. 100% couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, so as I said, getting into sort of lockdown, I mean, for someone like yourself and, and me, we're both, we're both trainers in the industry and our job involves <coughs> one-to-one training in person, but also myself teaching classes and you were doing, I know, a little bit of wit for a little bit. Um, so lockdown came about. What happened? Um, so obviously I was, I was, I was looking about 20 to 25 hours of PT a week at a, a studio in Oxford, Oxford, Oxford Street, Oxford Circus, 
And uh, obviously with, with the gyms closing um, pretty, pretty sharpish, I, I kind of lost all, all that business. And unlike my girlfriend, Courtney, um, who already had a considerable amount of clients online, I didn't have anything really going online. I had a few... I had a few social, this is obviously, yeah, I had a few social media um, contracts on the go, which was, uh, you know, uh, enough to support, you know, a, a decent monthly monthly salary to fall back on. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the first few weeks were, were weird. Everyone was kind of adapting and, and, and wondering what was going on. And I remember, you know, like anyone, I, I you know, I was, I was, I was sitting around. I was watching six, seven hours of, uh, you know, a series a day, and um, you know, now, now I, you know, I, I, it's, it's a luxury if I, I get to sit down for one, um, which is, which is a nice position to be in. But um, yeah, when, when lockdown hit, we, um, we started doing, you know, free Instagram lives, and uh, I was put on the uh, men's health um, kind of weekly schedule as a, as a mobility expert, which is, which is a nice accolade to have. And nice. that went really well. And then um, I just kept on doing these 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 live uh, Instagram classes, which which were great. And then uh, we turned um, our platform onto YouTube, so we started doing these YouTube live classes. And again, I mean, the, the numbers were crazy to start with. It was incredible to see, you know, people really, uh, you know, take, take 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 the opportunity to work on something new, which was which was the mobility. And obviously, we were doing our, our live workout classes together, uh, and we, we we still are to this day. So um, yeah, it was it was a weird time. Um, but I think like yourself, everyone's, everyone's adapted somewhat. Yeah, exactly that. And I think that is a typical example of having that shift in mindset where you're like, okay, yes, my typical job as such is training people in person. And that is my expertise, but I can use my expertise in a way that can also benefit the masses essentially, because your reach now is far greater than would it ever be if you were training, you know, you can, you can have 200 people in your life. You're not going to see 200 people in a week unless you're doing absolute no. ridiculous amount of PT hours, which is, <laughs> I think those yeah, days are gone. Yeah, um, yeah. But the, the ability to sort of, yeah, adapt that mindset, shift that sort of like uh, focus into, okay, I can make something of this. I'm not in the ideal situation. You know, we've never seen this in our lifetime. We probably won't ever see something like this ever again. Mm. You know, how can I overcome this hardship and this sort of like speed bump that's been thrown at me? And it, it seems like you've done that pretty, pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, obviously referring back to the injuries and, and, and whatnot, you know, with, with, with adversity, lockdown is an adversity, you know, op opportunity arises and, and you can't exactly. rest on rest on your laurels or, or feel too sorry for yourself. At the end of the day, we're, 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 we're all very, very privileged, um, you know, pr very privileged to be sat here. Um, and there are a lot, a lot of people in, in, in worse off situations. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard as it, it has been at times and, you know, for the first time ever, I've, I've, I've questioned my mental health and my mental states, which, you know, again, well, I'm sure we'll discuss in a bit. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, you know, I've come, I like to think I've come out the end of it, well, hopefully soon, uh, uh, kind of uh, um, in, in, in a good place. Yeah, for sure. And then a work from home environment essentially is an, is an environment where neither of us are used to for sure um, and especially someone that's so used to going out and about <laughs> like yourself and training in such incredible spaces where we used to train in wit or whether it was crossfit putney um how, how how was that how was it training from home running a business from home um and kind of like in a position where it was like okay i've never i've never been here before ever how did you how did you overcome that 
yeah, it was mad. I mean, we're, we're now, I'm now sat in a, in a lovely detached uh, bungalow in, in, in Biggin Hill, which we've moved into. But at the time, we were in a, a small one-bedroom flat in Elephant and Castle um, with, a, with a little balcony space with the Watt bike. Um, so it was tough. And uh, I found it really, really hard uh, to adapt. My, my, my home space was my, my, my tranquil space to come back to after a yeah. day of PT, day of training, to eat, to chill, to watch some TV, to relax. And all of a sudden, it was an all-encompassing space where you where you slept, where you ate, where you trained, where you chilled, and, and it, it was really hard to compartmentalize those those different aspects. Exactly. And I remember one one day, I think it was two three weeks into lockdown, I went on the stories, and I was I just gave it I just gave it honest, and I was like, I effing hate working out from home. And my <laughs> I stories, think I remember that. My stories blew up. <laughs> People like, thank God someone said it. And and I was just trying to be real because, you know, I love training, but I just I was just keeping it real. I said, I hate training from home. I love stepping over that threshold, going into the gym, you know, whether that be external music or my own music, it, it's a different environment. I, I will never mm. take it for granted again. And, you know, training, for you know, sure. getting yourself revved up. You had all the hours in the day, all the time in the world, but it was still so hard to, to motivate yourself. Yeah. And this was when, uh, you know, I, I didn't have much equipment then. Like I'm sure, you know, a lot of people listening uh, might not have as well. It was tough, man. It was tough. But, uh, you know, I've just trained. It was raining here this afternoon. So I trained in here. I'm, I'm very lucky to have a, a fair bit of kit now. And it's just, mm. you know, stark contrast to where to where, where it used to be. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely, definitely, definitely been interesting. I, I, I agree hugely with the part about like compartmentalizing that like, okay, I also chill in this place i also eat in this place i'm also now trying to train in this place but i'm also yeah. working in and this work, place work, as well yeah and then yeah. i literally go next door and i sleep next door so it's like that your whole life then becomes revolved around this one space which mm. realistically as you said should be your tranquil space so mm. the motivation i think in a lot of people's lives would be lacking and i think it's just understanding that look like this is a very fingers crossed is a very um short-term thing we're going to go through in our lives you know we're going to be living yeah, yeah. fingers crossed until we're 70 80 years old so yeah. i'm pretty sure we can we can hold on and and and, and get to the end of this in, in in a year um so i i totally totally respect that yeah people out there are going to be struggling when it comes to motivation and you know mm. what don't 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 beat yourselves up because if someone like who, who yourself and someone like myself who trains so hard and we usually train for a purpose if we can turn around and say, do you know what, like working, like training from home isn't, isn't all, is all, all that good. And yes, you might, not, you might have to do it and you really might not want to do it, but do you know what, like you don't beat yourself up because you're not the only person who thinks that. Yeah. And it was a really hard kind of mental shift for me because since finishing playing rugby, I, I was at gym box and I, I, I thought I was training hard, but you know, I, I found out that I wasn't. And then I started training with, with Gus and I, you know, I got into the whole CrossFit and my, my whole mindset mentality since 2016 up until lockdown was training for performance. So I was always yeah. going to the gym with a focus of, you know, improving my conditioning, improving my Olympic lifting or improving my gymnastics. That, that was what I enjoyed doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, going, going into lockdown, not having, you know, equipment or training from home, it was just a case of, you know, kind of getting by and, and surviving it. And we mm. refer to um, headspace workouts or headspace runs, where you're just kind of going through the motions, you're getting a light sweat on, you're moving a little bit. But yeah. the, 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 the goal, the, the goalposts have changed massively, you're no longer training for peak performance, which I had done for the four years. And at the moment, you're just trying, you're just, you're just training to stay sane. 
and it was yeah. a really hard shift and 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 now you know thankfully you know I've, I've kind of shifted back to where i was in terms of training for for peak performance and you know i, I I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy it, it hasn't come easy but i'm really starting to enjoy you know pushing myself that little bit harder again which i kind of haven't uh, done 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 for a while so uh, yeah it, it was really tough and how I mean, I, I'm I'm big now on, on training for performance and having maybe an external factor to train for. You know, like mm. I know myself and you are doing turf games come come yeah. summer, which is going to be great. Um, yeah. But back last year, you know, there wasn't there was nothing that we could train for. There was nothing that sort of gave us that external motivation. That maybe sometimes when you are like really lacking a bit of motivation, knowing that you've got something you're training for is that yeah. little ex- bit of extra ten percent that you need. So like. For, for you what what was it like trying to shift your your mindset from okay i know that i've always trained for performance up until now where i'm literally just training to remain sane it was yeah as i said it was, it was hard and 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 to start with you know i did cut myself some slack I, I i did chill out for a little bit um you know i was doing some mobility classes i was doing a little bit of this a little bit of that as i, as I like mm. to say um and then you know two three weeks down the line you're right right come on pull yourself together let, let's you know go out for your run your hour of exercise a day or whatever it was and and we, we had a, a little park outside us so we, we would go out and do a workout up there with with you know with with, with courts um so yeah it's it, it, it was you know we all go through peaks and troughs in terms of motivation in terms of training and you know that was uh, you know a two three week trough as you like uh, for, for me and then you know I, I came out of it and, and, and kind of shifted my mindset a little bit um to uh, to kind of yeah training training to, to kind of stay sane really yeah um and then maybe even going a bit off topic of just sort of fitness 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 we have been put in a situation now and especially the, like the likes of yourself you're probably going to be around your partner more than you ever have you know you haven't really got that like um day work or day day the, mm. the daytime where you're not necessarily going to be with them what's it been like because i know now obviously you have your your business with with courts mm. um and obviously I'm, I'm living living with courts which you have done for a while but now like work and living space is like together do you mm. find it difficult to sort of okay at the end of the day work's now done we've we've had we've had that day's work we are now sort of like us and as a is in a relationship now yeah us as a business yeah hugely hugely with you know the courts will, will say the same thing we've we've we found it massively challenging and you know we're, we're still we're still figuring it out it's it's really hard to have your business hat on and then you kind of relationship hat on and and and, and it's you know often the, the the lines get blurred and to start with when we were when, when we were first starting out our business we, we would we would let our work creep into kind of 9 30 10 p.m at night and then, oh shit, it's, uh, you know, it's time for bed and we haven't chilled, we haven't decompressed, you know, mm. I was sleeping horrendously. But now we're in a situation where, you know, we're, we're still working out our, our weekly schedule and it, 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 is, it is tough, but we try to stick to, um, you know, blocks of work on specific days. So Monday, for example, is a, is a fil- filming day. So we'll, we'll block record a, a load of content, whether that be, you know, for our own pages or for our business page or for kind of social media uh, commitments. But uh, yeah, it has been challenging. And, you know, we've we've had our fair share of arguments. I think any any couple would be absolutely lying to you if, if they said they uh, they 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 hadn't. Um, but mm. um, no, we, we we just have to you know remind ourselves that we're we're incredibly lucky to be to be kind of living and working with each other, and uh, you know get on the way we do. Um, but yeah, it, it has it has been challenging. Yeah, for sure. 
Amazing. And um, I suppose it wouldn't be right if we didn't sort of um, bring in sort of the whole mental health aspect of how this last year has been and how, you know, everyone at some point, I think, has had to kind of like check in with themselves. You know, it's been a really tough year for a lot of people. Um, and me doing the other chat with sort of Elliot on, on uh, over on mental health has really highlighted that for me, that there has been a lot of people more than we probably know that are like, they're, they're struggling and they're not finding things easy. And naturally people are going to keep it a little bit quieter. Um, mm. Have you got any sort of tips and tricks or any sort of like, routines that you go down to try and keep yourself sort of like like level-headed and sort of remind yourself you know what I am only human and I can only do the best I can do yeah I think I think from a from a business standpoint I was I was getting there was being self-employed there's always something to be done and at a, at a, at a time you know it started eating me alive because I was going I was lying in bed and I was thinking about all the to-do list I had um, you know, the, the next day. So I am, I am huge into my uh, notebook. Um, it's just a, a, an absolute brain dump. I do it every night before bed. It, it might be something so silly as if, you know, looking forward to picking up my car tomorrow or, you know, something I'm excited about for the, for the next day or the next week. Um, or it could be, you know, a, a to-do list, a, a content list. And I, I find, you know, just, just physically writing, not on your phone, but physically writing in a, in a nice, uh, um, you know, well-laid-out notebook um, helps me massively. Um, in terms of journaling, I, I don't write massive paragraphs. This is how my day went, blah, 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 which I, I know a lot of people really benefit from it. And potentially, I'll, I will try that at some point. I think it's, it's always nice to refer back to. I found an old notebook from 20. 16 the other day and it listed some of my goals that i wanted to achieve and it, it's it's kind of cool to, to see if you if you tick those off or mm. you know if you if you didn't quite quite reach those markers so daily daily let's call it writing in in your notebook or, or journaling is, is 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 a massive massive um you know kind of game changer for me and then i've, I've dabbled with with the headspace apps and um you know this year i really want to go to go down uh, more of a, um, a holistic approach to, to, my, to my to my overall health and well-being. So obviously, I've got training pretty much, you know, locked down. And you know, I, I, obviously, I'm I'm not I'm not a, an expert, but you know, I will continue to grow and and the momentum will continue to roll with my training. But I really want to look at things like breathing and my my breathing mechanics and 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 that kind of thing. Yeah. I know it's a you know, everyone's harping on about nasal only breathing, but I bet, I bet you only only a few percent could actually tell you what what the benefit is and and, and how yeah. to do it. Um, but it's things like that I really want to kind of upskill myself on and uh, and kind of uh, benefit from. Yeah, for sure. And that sort of that is that sort of physical performance and that sort of the the way you would go around trying to better yourself, I suppose, physically when it comes to the actual training. Um, mm when we look at it from a mental standpoint, is there anything that you would do maybe in the evening or maybe when you, you sort of wake up to sort of gear yourself up mentally for the day or wind yourself down mentally? Um, other than obviously just like word dumping, for example, would you, would you practice anything yourself? I know a lot of people might uh, meditate before bed or some people listen to podcasts before bed or straight away when they wake up, some people go for a run or a walk, whatever that is to sort of better their mental performance for the day. But what, so what, what, have you got any, anything that you, yeah, pre, 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 yeah, pre, pre bed and, and, and upon waking, I am religious about not being on my phone. 
So, um, you know, any, any blue light, blue lights, I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of, uh, altogether. And then I won't, I won't, uh, uh, I'll check, I'll check my, uh, my, my whoop as soon as I wake up, but, um, I, I, I don't check my, my phone for a good hour, hour and a half. Um, you know, even if you get a, a message from a client or a member and they, they want you to do something, it's, it's all this stim early stimulus that I don't think you need, uh, you know, you need so, so early on. So I'm big into kind of no phone, uh, pre-bed and obviously upon waking um and then uh, you know i'm big into my movement and mobility so i'll always have a, a bit of a stretch uh, upon waking and uh depending on what day of the week it is i might go for a run with run with courts first thing in the morning get out get some fresh air and then come back in um i've dabbled with a, with a few cold showers in the past i think it's uh, you know it does wake you up and it does 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 make yeah. you feel good good about yourself um but i don't i you know i don't do that religiously um but um, yeah I, I i use a variety of apps i've got um the headspace app which is which is a fantastic tool to have i also utilize the calm app sometimes um and then uh, shift state um which is a fantastic app to work on your diaphragmatic breathing um just uh yeah so uh, you can it just it's just it's a series of beeps and holds uh, allowing you to uh, kind of uh, in, inhale for for up to seven eight seconds exhale for up to seven eight seconds and as well as holding your breath so um yeah those are a few few tips on my end nice good stuff i mean yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of um focus i suppose on uh, different breathing techniques at the moment a lot of people are coming out with their own sort of um, ways and means of doing things i suppose are just mm. at the end of the day i think it's very much about if it works for you do it it could be a placebo if it's a placebo and, the, and, and you feel like in your head the placebo works crack on and do it um yeah. but yeah everyone will kind of find their groove and find their way and i suppose as and when that that sort of takes shape you just you just yeah ex exactly i think i think i think it's you know you, you, i think if you're really i, I mean I, I have i have routine i love routine but if, if if sometimes i might feel like stretching sometimes i feel like i might feel like you know doing a, a podcast or or a, a bit of a, a headspace meditation you know i don't always do these things but I, I i have access and i dip in and out of these tools and i think it, i think it's important you know we, we live in an age where, where where you you do have the luxury of having access to all these different tools so it's not about you know doing everything you know regimented every single night in my opinion it's about just dipping in in and out of these things and, and kind of you know, utilize them uh, as and when yeah amazing um so i'm going to target a little bit um towards the end about specific performance that you as a trainer have a sort of specifically put into your own practice and what's bettered your performance when it comes to training and how you've also then transcended that into your clients training as well so i know as the years have gone on yourself and me included we very much sort of geared ourselves towards this sort of functional training and crossfit mm. which i'm very i'm a huge believer is the pinnacle of training if you want to get to it um yeah. where you're developing strength you're developing skill you're developing cardiovascular fitness you're also developing mental fortitude because some workouts yeah. are not easy and yeah. you know that more than anyone um but yeah. have you put anything anything into practice to sort of really better your performance when it comes to training um and also how has that sort of gone into your your professional career when training clients yeah, I think obviously with 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 numerous uh, injuries over the careers, I've always been you know big into my movement and mobility, and that's uh, that's always been uh, a bit of a, a USB for my for my coaching style and my kind of uh, brand, uh, if if you like. So you know, I think whatever movement, whatever discipline you choose, it, it all it all starts with with correct movement. If you have shoddy movement, 
whatever vote, whatever sport you dip into, you're, you're, you're not going to excel at that specific, um, you know, you know, sports. So, you know, it, it, it starts from the ground up and you've, you've got to really address the, the, the very basic, um, you know, mobility drills and, and kind of flexibility drills to a certain degree. You don't need to take it to, 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 to extremes, but you need to have a sufficient base level. Um, so that's kind of my, my, my kind of, um, you know, where, where I've always been at. And then uh, I've kind of applied that into my own, tra my own training and, and, and showed the light, so to speak, with, with, with other clients. I mean, movement and mobility has been trending uh, over recent years. And, and, you know, five, six years ago, it was all about being massive and, 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 and pumping up yeah, your chest. And, sure. and, you know, I've had clients who I've, uh, you know, I've showed that you, you, you can, you can have both. You can be mobile and, and strong and have a, have an incredible physique. So, um, yeah, I, I, I will always continue to preach the, uh, the, the message of, uh, you know, how movement is medicine and, and correct movement and mobility is key. Mm. And that definitely then has a carryover to an, an individual's mindset when it comes back to training, you know, I think back in the day, it was very much training was very much about, okay, how, how good can I look in the mirror? Look, you know, we all, yeah. we always, we always trained the, the, the muscles we see in the mirror. We very rarely trained the muscles we didn't, right? Mm. The whole posterior chain always got forgotten about because no one really cared mm -hmm. about it because you couldn't see it in the mirror, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I really think there's been a huge shift from aesthetics training to performance training, performance being mobility and moving better or performance mm. being um, stronger, fitter, faster, and I think one thing that I'm, I'm big on is really getting people to understand and getting them into the mindset of, look, just because your main focus isn't now, it's, it's not now the way you look and based on the way you perform, doesn't mean you're going to look bad. You can mm -hmm. still train for performance, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, Do you know what? I feel better. I'm stronger. I'm faster. I'm fitter but I actually look pretty decent too. So mm. my, my big thing is, and especially for clients and especially for anyone that comes into sort of comes to me and asks for, for my advice when it comes to training is look like don't see training as just a, a way to uh, reward yourself to look good. You know, don't see, don't see a training session as how many calories you burn, see a mm. training session as what can I do today in my training session? That's going to be better than, yesterday's training session or better than the same session i did last week can mm. i lift a heavier weight can i do can i do a session in a faster time and I'm, I'm huge on training for performance that fuels everyone wants to look good don't get me wrong like we do, yeah, yeah. We do. but it doesn't have to be the be and end all you can fuel that sort of aesthetic desire but not make it the, the the main focus. Soft focus yeah i've always said performance-based goals over aesthetics-based goals and the funny thing is as soon as you change your thought process from aesthetic to performance the aesthetics always takes care of itself so i've got a a, a, a great great client a client currently called liam i think he's been with me for about uh, a year and he was always uh, you know a, a, a decent level football player always you know went to the gym to, to look good in the mirror and I've completely shown him the light in terms of this dysfunctional style of training. And, and, you know, we've, we've got him working on his, uh, on his handstand pushups and all of a sudden, you know, his shoulders are uh, improving in terms of aesthetics and, 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 you know, I've got him on, on, you know, ring dips and all of a sudden his arms are bigger. So as soon as you focus on, on, on a goal, such as, you know, a, a dip or a, or, or a skill such as a muscle up, 
you're, you're naturally going to gravitate to, to, towards, uh, you know, a slightly better physique. Obviously, there's other factors that come into play. But, um, you know, I've, I've always preached that, you know, performance over aesthetics, you know, wins every day of the week. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And I even look back at sort of how my training, I suppose, career has developed. And, you know, the things that I do now and the way I train now is so far and so different from what it was five, six years ago. You know, I've done the whole you know, get on stage and, and twist and turn in your body smugglers. And yeah. <laughs> I tell you, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't an experience. That I, I look back on and I say, you know what, I'd love to do that again. Whereas now yeah. I'm like, yes, we're doing all these functional fitness competitions and yes, we're trying to push ourselves and really trying to become the best performance individual we can. But I would always look back and be like, oh, that was great. I'd love to do that again. Or oh, that, that competition looks good. I'd love to do that again. So having that external cue of like training for a performance-based goal, for me, it just far, far, far outweighs anything aesthetic-based and anything look-based because yeah. there's a reward at the end of it, I feel. You feel like you're rewarded. You feel better. You just, it's, 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 it's a totally different feeling. Yeah, and you, you can't complete it, and and that's that's what's so exactly. so so exciting that you know you get good at something, and then you need to get good at the other thing, and then by the time you got good at the other thing, this this thing over here has probably you know gone down a little bit. So it's 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 always a, it's always yeah. a balance. Um, you can never work on everything at at one time. You always have to have uh, you know a, a couple, two, three, two, three fo main focuses, and then obviously um, you know uh, you know secondary focuses as well. But um, yeah, I, I I love it nice amazing and uh, i suppose last point before we wrap things up um what has been the biggest sort of hurdle or uh i suppose a piece of adversity or what's been the the hardest thing that you've had to overcome and where you felt like you got true growth from and where you've really sort of been like you know what like it happened for a reason and it's made me the person i am today uh, two two parts to the story. I think the the obvious one is is, is my concussion. I was uh, you know I always thought I'd be a professional rugby player and 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 go on to do that for the next kind of ten years or so. So that has you know single handedly been the biggest adversity of my career. And I remember turning to my dad and uh, I you know I this was before I, I said I wanted to become a PT. And we had a a family friend um, who was a very very successful business lady um you know done very well for herself and, and dad said you know why don't you go have a chat with her so i went to uh, went to her office in victoria uh you know met the receptionist went into her office and she said right you know what do you want to do i said oh you know i'm, I'm thinking of becoming a, a personal trainer and she shot me down she said how could you even consider such a, a ridiculous career get a proper job you know go on the career ladder she was so old-fashioned in in terms of her mindset and I in hindsight I should have told her to you know do one and, and, and walk out but you know I, I humored her and uh, you know half an hour later I was out I was out in the streets crying my eyes out you know aged age 21 and I remember sat I was sat on the on the curb in, in Victoria crying my eyes out for 20 to 30 minutes thinking you know how dare she how dare she mm. you know burst burst my 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 hopes my dreams my aspirations and it, it was just infuriating that she had such a an old mindset in terms of what 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 is the norm getting a job going up the ladder enjoying yourself after your work and and i was just like yeah f, f that so i've i've never forgotten about that that specific experience and i'm so happy it happened because 
I, I always think back and I, I, I love telling this story because, you know, if, if I do eventually do, you know, I would love to go do some talks to some up and coming PTs and I, I would love to tell and share this story because I think, it, I think it's a fantastic one. And, and it kind of, I've always wanted to, in the back of my mind, I've always wanted to prove her wrong. And when I've got the deal with Under Armour, when I've had the photo shoots with Men's Health, I've always thought, do you know what? You know, I wish I wish yeah. I could, you know, knock on her door again and say I've done all right. So it's it, 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 it's pretty cool that, that that happened. So obviously, yeah, the biggest adversity was the concussion and then obviously going and, and having this chat with this lady um, and, uh, you know, almost almost wanting to prove her wrong. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool one. Incredible. Incredible. Well, Tom, thanks. I think we'll um, I think we'll wrap things up there. I hope that people listening to this will take some uh, take some nuggets of of growth and take some nuggets of i suppose knowledge um from from this discussion and uh yeah this is the being sapient podcast over and out thank you so much mate cheers thank you